I'm Shari De Silva, curator of the Jeffrey Bauer Art and Archival Collections at the Lunaganga Trust. This podcast is part of the Bauer 100 program, a celebration of the architect's 100th birthday. Jeffrey Bauer was famously silent about his work. There are only a handful of records where he opens up about his influences, routines and practice. He also rarely saved material like correspondence or sketches, which often form the core parts of an archive. The Oral Histories Project tries to fill this void by collecting the memories, stories and experiences of Bawa's friends, clients and colleagues. Today we have architect Anura Ratnagabhushana on the program. Anura worked with Jeffrey at Edwards Reed and Beck during the 60s and 70s. He left the firm to set up his own practice in the 80s, although he continued to maintain his close connection with Jeffrey. In 2009, he distilled his passion for architecture and education into a book, Creating Simplicity, Sri Lankan Tropical Architecture, Design and Landscaping. This publication is copyright-free and shares many of the drawings and sketches he produced over the years. Accompanied by Jeffrey's and Anura's close friend, Sunetra Vandaranayaka, I met Anura at his home in Colombo. In this episode, Anura runs through his memories of Jeffrey as a mentor and describes the thrill of working on projects such as the Osaka Expo Pavilion of 1970 and the Steel Corporation Building in Oruwala of 1969. He also touches on the experimental process of designing chairs and light fittings to complement the architectural spaces the firm designed. This was a necessity during Sri Lanka's closed economy era and also, of course, aligned with the ideologies of modern architecture. What I found particularly moving with Anura's stories was his focus on the nurturing and generous sides of Jeffrey's personality. He was a visiting tutor in design studio from the second year onwards. And I remember he would often fall back from the rest of the jurors. And I remember an amusing instance where I had studied Mahasaman Devalya in Ratnapura and clever students like to point out faults in them had circled a beam. They have, the roof is cantilevered successively by projecting timber beams. There's a whole layer, like a sandwich of beams. And I had circled and said, poor understanding the structure because all the beams were the wrong wrong way structuring. They were flat wise. And Jeffrey whispered to me, if he left behind the beam, maybe they knew and they didn't care because he got home. <laughs> so you know, that was a lesson. So that's how I first came to meet Jeffrey. Amusing. Impressive, of course, as a man, so tall. And without parallel, non parallel is the word I give. On his visits to design studio, he would, I suppose, notice students' work that appealed to him. I used to design, and before I knew him, lamp fittings and so on, and my drawings had them. And I think he enjoyed those. He picked me up quickly, right, and said, Give me a lift, I think from school back home. My home was very close to Karibata Junction. And in the doors, our eyes came up to the window sill and so when you had to pee. And stopped by at home, dropped me off and we invited as Sri Lankans do for tea. And my mother used to make tea and serve him. And he used to amuse himself getting me to stand all the siblings. We had nine of them. I was the eldest. And saying, oh, you're a great patriarch. And one day he told me, your mother made tea so thick that you had to drag your spoon in the cup, condensed milk. From that time, as a student, he used to invite me on the way out. Shall we go and see this? I'm going to see Rinidhira Niyagala or one of his friends' buildings he was doing. And that's how I got into knowing him. And it was then natural that whenever we had a vacation, why don't you? earn something. Give me pocket money and my batchmates, one or two Pulisinga and others also did that. But I was the lucky first 
then something interesting happened. I was the only student in my batch who passed in the first shy, first attempt, the RMBA intermediate exam. So out of that about 22, 25, there was no other course to follow. They had planned the course, initial course in Sri Lanka was only up to RMBA inter. Naturally, it was going to ERMB. All the teachers wanted the students who were doing interesting work. Justin Samrajikar also I went there a couple of days and so on. So Jeffrey primarily picked me up from there to work and we joined early work at Edward Greenman Bank. Formally get trained as an apprentice in this wonderful office. Sometime in six after I finished my exam and I got the unofficial result, I went there. And the other set to repeat in the next six months. And they also later joined. You know, it, it, Ina's house was being done. You, you would take us there. There were batik exhibitions there. And as students, we were part of the scene of admirers, young, bright chaps and ladies who went into Ina's house and whatever other building that was being done. Plesna was also there from 61. When we were students, Plesna came regularly. They used to both come together occasionally to Katalana in their respective vehicles. Now, both Yala definitely had nothing to do with it. I didn't even see it being designed because I think Nihal Avrasena, another bright, very good architect who passed away recently, a very close friend of Jeffrey's, who designed it, I think. I think. Huh? Uh, the other was Neptune. I didn't actually, I can't recall this uh, working as an assistant throughout the project. But Jeffrey took me on some side visits to show off the work. That's how I came to do the balconies. So Jeffrey would have, I think, said, how would you do a balcony here? And what would nice? I have done that. It's in, you can see the picture with the balcony, with the lozenge holes. Those are minor little tidbits that we got. But there was a very interesting incident that occurred. We, on one of the visits, the contractor was there, Ramasinghe. They had taken off the formwork of the main restaurant by the pool, above which there was an enormous open terrace. And there were some seven columns one way and maybe eight columns the other way. Huge number of pillars holding this up. And all the columns were not on a strict axial grid. They had got it slightly wrong. This way, that way. So I thought, my God, now he's going to get it all demolished. And Jeffrey took a, uh, took a cigarette, lit it, leaned against the wall, one of those pillars. Have you heard that before? Yeah. <laughs> and said, with a news mischievous smile, Pranasinghe, me okkuma kanu, mahakkaramu, gadolloli, okkuma edha kodi ekwaagi vende. And now they are getting so fat, uselessly fat. So he said, ah, niche ka daanda. In this side, that side, put some wheel, put some statues on it. That's how he must have said it to So he turned out, outer columns are still the same. The, the 99. Yeah, yeah. So this is another lesson because it comes up later. Jeffrey just pointed to something. And uh, if you were interested enough in architecture, you would think, oh my God, this is a lesson. Because it would have discouraged the contractor to demolish a whole lot of work. But he also did something else. He got the contractor to pay for all that. He didn't favor the contractor as such. So everyone, this modern common word, win-win nonsense. Win-win. <laughs> win-win is the word. <laughs> After listening to the client who would bring the project, the first thing Jeffrey would do is to run, rush to the site. Observe, observe, observe. And enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Whatever it had to offer as a place, as an environment and so on. Before doing any sketch. Then he would put pencil to paper or ballpoint pen to paper. Uh, at home or at Lungarva or somewhere. And usually he would call, in my case, call me. And give the sketch. He did all, almost always. A plan cross section through the whole land, if possible, 
in a closer section of the building. His hand trembled when he drove because of maybe cigarettes smoking. Ah, <laughs> and he would do the planned section and no elevations. Just add a detail. And a detail that mattered to the outcome appearance, final appearance of the building. If it was important, he would do it. And I can illustrate this with one or two examples, actual examples. Because you have two and the other name by you. One was the Steel Corporation Administration Building. Jeffrey was actually very lean at that time. And this job had come in. Jeffrey summoned me to his house, gave me two or three scraps of paper, square root paper, I think. I wish I had kept this. And he had drawn this building, which is like floating in water. He had drawn the floor plans one over the other with dimensions per bay. It is accurate in that sense, but to his own scale, using the square rule and successive plans congruent with each other and a cross section that was related to the plans of the general building and a detail of the grills, precast cement grills with its window drawn as an elevation and a section all on this paper, ballpoint pen and having its own scale, non-standard scale. He gave it to me and said, Arvind, go and see if it will work. So then back to office, drawing more standard scales and lo and behold, it was very easy to decipher. If you looked at a door with on his sketch and you know that it's about three feet, you could easily work out the arithmetically but scale to redraw it and we had standard scale drawing. So it came out and it is, I think, a very elegant building that he designed. It's a shame. I don't know if it is there or not. Second is the Expo 70 pavilion in Japan. We have just returned from Denmark, full of Danish, uh, Scandinavian design thoughts. Mother, Prime Minister, she had summoned Jeffrey and given this because it had to be done in two, three weeks, month or so. And Jeffrey said, would you like to draw something and show me? So we were full of energy. So it became two glass cubes connected by a tunnel and double heights, all favorite things we had seen and enjoyed. And I said, Jeffrey, there's nothing in Sri Lanka we can really show and boast to the world except the atmosphere of serene Vesak light and serenity. And maybe throw in some color here and there. So we talked a little. He said, yes, let's have jewels because we are famous for it. And let's have enobatics hanging. And then it went on to a few borrowed ancient statues from the museum of the Buddhas. There are lots of hissing stories about this, but I will cut it short unless you want to know it. There was politics in it. People would say, Lanka ve Sanskritian Bhavata Bharati in the JVP paper. But it knowed your mother supporting him and out came the design and lucky did that huge board thing and Edwin Bass made it. My drawing is still here. David gave it to me because apparently it got thrown away. And I had the original of that with the dimensions marked. And simple drawings. And the Japanese can translate it into working drawings for themselves. The they built it. I also have a steel tower for you. Technicalities, but it's, I placed it together. So, Jeffrey went to Japan. He promised to take me, but he never did. <laughs> he went a few times and it was done. Again, there are amusing stories about that in my book. Because I will run out of time about how the mural was blurred and, and so on. Jeffrey returned from one of his site visits. One colourful item was a huge Buddhist temple mural from Katalua, photographed by our best photographer in the country, you know, Nihara. Pictures and sent the diapositives, slides, through Jeffrey said to me, Anura, look at this. I, I was disturbed in my hotel one morning by the Japanese. There were three Japanese bowing 
fully suited with the holding this Kodak bo box of slides. So he said, but what's the what's wrong? And he had said, Mr. Baba, Mr. Baba, all out of focus. So he said, he had said, what nonsense. Everything in Ceylon is out of focus. Just get on me. <laughs> I used to quote these two fussy clients who would look at the tiles and say, this is not matching that tile and so on. And these are lessons and I have put this here under that Guru essay. But Japanese said they couldn't really appreciate that. They said their own photographers, photographic, even that just not very much better. To select the jewels, he took me to Marka Marka. And the person got pulled out from a dirty cloth bag. And inside there was another dirtier cloth bag. And inside it was this huge blue sapphire, which was shown there. It was great fun doing things because things is, life is slower. Jeffrey would suddenly say, let's select some statu little statuettes for the exhibition uh, natures wherever in that building. And we'll go to Fort and go to antique shops. It, it was great fun working with them and they also had fun. Now I don't think there's time for anyone. I had a chance to do a lot of interesting detail work. That was Jeffrey Baba and Ulog Sundara decided to go into a restaurant. They bought a property next door to the present Galvin Cafe. The back wall had a door and it went into some relation of Shah. And the bungalow opposite Green Cabin approached from the main Green Cabin cul de sac. He said, Abra, would you like to design the he saw the energy coming from just he had arrived from Denmark and Josferos is all of us in the office. He gave me the primary chance and I designed everything. I designed the tables, the chairs, and the lights and so on. And painted it the way I wanted. He was very generous and kind to I mean he is a great architect who's a bigger brat to do what he wants with his money. Pulogs are very restrained. I remember he's getting intertwined, you see, the chair that was designed for that. I took off from a, another design which was Scandinavian wood. We have introduced it to Jeffrey. It is in his dining room uh, some time ago. I took off from there and redesigned the chair with that flavor but in all metal. And Edwin Bass made it. Jeffrey did some improvements to it. And it was neglected because Pulo didn't want favor in it. Dr. Pulos. <laughs> so we had some other chair there. And years later, I find that on Jeffrey's roof terrace now in Bangalore, the middle chair. And it's attributed to Taravela. Actually, Taravela is a manufacturer. He may have improved something. Of course, he's very professional. Baz is sort of Sri Lankan level. But the chair originated first with me, then Jeffrey did some improvements, and finally it ended there and Neptune had it. Not uh, blue water. It is in blue water. We designed so many things, and already Jeffrey and Rurik had discovered the fun of shading a bulb with simple shapes of metal done by the PD Bass, as he was called, as insulting today, is Edwin Pereira, master craftsman. They would go to Bento, and that man would come and Bass make a karana, a karana, and it was like conducting a rehearsal for an orchestral piece. And we were all little cogs here and there, enjoying bits and pieces. But the master saw that it all came together. Great fun at that time. I came to Copenhagen purely by providential luck. I was the first in line to receive the scholarship to do my next degree. I had a complimentary scholarship in my hand. Ulrich Plesner was in the office also. There was a boring story about an accident where I, you know, I was not, I was rejected from India on my first visit on my own. Uh, but within the month, Jeffrey helped me to get out of there because it was a mistake in London. Ulrich said, go to Denmark and he gave me, got me a job with his friend and professor of the School of Architecture, Bo, John Bo. Already, so, Jeffrey, this again his generosity and paternal overseeing of my life. 
I never requested, but he was doing this for me. He said, I'm not let me go. I'm also, I have to go to England. So let's go together. So tickets were bought. Maybe they paid, the office paid for that ticket. Off we went, both of us. And we stopped over in Rome. With a little stopover, become Motherhood Council. Was going to meet us at the Roman terminal. And there she was. And she said, Anura, you can't stay. I was broomstick thing. You can't, you won't survive there in Denmark or anywhere in Europe. Come, I'm going to make you fat. <laughs> and took me over for seven or eight days. I was in a vacant convent, being fed Roman Catholic bread and wine and wantingly <laughs> large. Jeffrey stayed with Lydia Gunasekara and Dallas Gunasekara, who were stationed in Rome and Faya Lanka. And we would rendezvous at one or the other piazza that he was his favorite. And I had about seven days of fun being shown Rome, pointed to this and pointed to that. It was a great, memorable period. Towards the latter part of that week, he said, Anupam, why don't you go to Denmark instead of going to England? And here, this boy had a scholarship, get the RIBA. And Jeffrey just nudged me in the other direction. I think I am very grateful that we were not like today's young people who would resent being told what to do. And I saw, fine, I'll go, but I don't have the ticket to. He changed the ticket. He did everything like a parent would. And packed me off to Denmark. <laughs> and that whole scholarship was useless. Didn't have been waiting for me. And that's how I went to Denmark to work at Jan Bo's office. The professor, he happened to be the professor. And he, after about a week or so, said, I already got three other Cylonese, as he called, Vasanta, Ismuth, and Philos, who had opted for Danish qualifications postgraduate. They had got that scholarship and come. He said, I can get you a scholarship and you can be there. Why do you want to work here? And off he sent me to the foreign ministry. Right here, no passport, nothing. Sweet Danish lady said, Oh, you're from Sri Lanka. Uh, I'll give you the money. You go and buy your clothes here. That's money I've seen in a way when you now look at it. We had so much fun with the money that we used to buy the corporators. <laughs> and the Danish students used to look at us and say, How much are they paying you? And eventually, I think each one brought a car. I did try. It's but an end of the Enjoyed ourselves so much. We had each roughly half hour for a car. A Doshavu, a Citroen. You still, still have that. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey was visiting. He had done about two visits to Denmark during our two years. And I told him that privately that I don't. He said, what are you bringing? Perosa bringing a Ford Mustang with the money he saved. And Vasanta Beetle. She never ate anything worthwhile except fruit to save. And I said, Jeffrey, I, I, we, we are both trying to share a car, but we are short. Note when you go to England <laughs> and you get that money. So he gave me a note for the And that summer, when we had finished our studies, I went to England and I think Robinson or somebody, a banker, these old fashioned, you know, private banks. He gave me the money and <laughs> that paid for the remaining I'd like a chance, if I may, to tell a few things about the generosity of Jeffrey Gordon. He was notoriously known by most people as a Myself. See, but I, he must have been to some, but he was utterly generous to me, unasked. He gave me all this. And he helped me in my personal life, he never had a price ever to run to him. And if I phoned him, he knew that it was for some important thing, and he said, Come, 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 have a drink or come for breakfast. He was very, very generous to most people, I think, in entertaining them. He would welcome you and he walk up to the terrace edge. That way, I have been a beneficiary of his generosity of sorts. Because we returned end of 69 to Sri Lanka, all of us, the four of us, and straight into Jeffrey's office. Because that are the days we knew. I'm curious how much uh, the firm and Jeffrey and Ulrich were working on. Because what's amazing about the project is every little thing is designed. And is that something that you think 
after Paul you came back from Denmark? Because there is a sort of Scandinavian sensitivity. No, definitely one of the issues of uh, Domus, mm-hmm. which featured my work, as well as there's another uh, about Ulrich, which is Madhurahim did. We have recounted the way in which it happened. Scandinavian modernity was already brought through Ulrich indirectly. Ulrich was passionate about Sri Lankan culture and, of course, uh, from the medieval period onwards, to the Andhra period, but what was extant was what you see in 300 years or so. He utilized his own trade in the minimalistic Scandinavian neatness and the clean lines in his work. And the furniture started coming in at that time. Jeffrey was already sensitive to the need of all. Jeffrey was quick to pounce on it. This chair I'm sitting on is a copy of the famous Sarinan chair. The original was brought by Pharaoh's here. He brought the original, this and the armless. And Jeffrey pounced on it and got it remade in fiberglass. Because fiberglass industry had just started. And he made modifications, strengthened everything. See this about his uh, detailing. It's not just superficial. This is what students have to learn. Because he knew the legal implications of some failure. And he put boards extra and there's a pipe inside this. And this is now 40 years, I don't know, 1970 to now. Right? Uh, whatever number of years, it's still being used. And I have the single armless also many. All redone in Sri Lanka. Jeffrey did a lot of design himself in that went to the blue ashtrays. You know, 1970s was the birth of the hotel industry. And uh, with what we had, all the buildings were scale, appropriate, not more than a coconut tree height, which Jeffrey established. Lo and behold, now we are having 23 story buildings on the coast. Jeffrey did ashtrays, inspired from things we have brought in. He himself was a designer because I remember if you go to Ventura uh, and stay in his the main part of the house, there are lamp fittings he had done on his own and there was no rick at that time. He had done a lamp, a shade like that, it was fixed and a bedside lamp. Now I would have definitely remember that in my life, having seen it as a young student. And when it came much later, I we were designing in competition for the SLIA. I designed a lamp which could rotate also for a hotel somewhere else. And Jeffrey's, I won a SLIA award for that. Heavy base and so on. Then, Jeffrey, I think, it was a fun, mischievous thing. He did the same thing, much better than that, differently, which is the Kandalama bedside lamp. And I have one in my reminding me how it is getting progress. We learned from somebody else. He was not uppish enough not to take from anywhere. Anything. But he's not a copy either. He made it better. Like the chair I told you. Once you get the hang of it, it's great fun. It's like Prabhupada, you play and another plays another tune and, and it goes on and on. What do you think mattered to him most that it should look splendid and give great pleasure to the user to walk about in its spaces with surprises and delights all over the place. And and also what you look at, the garden is connected through views. So for Jeffrey, it was the pleasure of seeing things and so on. Once he was sitting in my sister's house in Dehivala, which was my first one of the earliest attempts to renovate an old ugly house. And Jeffrey had come there for dinner, to dinner a couple of times. One day he sat there and pointed to the door and told me, everything your eye falls on is beautiful. I mean, it was an encouraging thing. I mean, it was nothing brass hinges, doors. He was interested in all that. I think anyone should look at Jeffrey's own statement in the White Book. Because that is the man saying it himself. So we don't need opinions from me or anybody. Jeffrey has said what mattered in a in lovely short English in two pages. What he did. White book is done with his consent. The other books he may not have had such a control. He was a captive. 
so he may have threatened on law. So greet his deep if he didn't like it. I think the wife has and and Luluga both were yeah. He was a participant. I asked him why the Luluga was only black and white and such lovely gardens. Is it over on the right? It's better that way. <laughs> it's better that way. That's all. Because it's in light and shade, and then reality you see a coloured plant. I came to my practice with having spent about 16 years with Hindu Kitera. How that happened is also interesting. I left after my marriage in 1979. No, 78. I was at Edward Reed when I married her. And our wedding was attended by. I used to tell him everything, any problem I had to Jeffrey. And at the table, he said, I heard you're getting married. Where are you going to have it? I said, Jeffrey, we can't afford any hotel. We're wondering what to do. Oh, why don't you have it here? And this was a running office. So he closed the office on a Friday afternoon, I think. Hardly anything to decorate. We threw flowers all over. The poro was that seating niche next to the reception. And lots of Jeffrey's friends, whom he had already introduced to me long years ago. He constantly introduced me to people who were important people and we were little student brats in his office. But he he's so polite. I find today he says to have people just keep their connections excluded from the younger people. The wedding was held there. It was very generous again of him to have offered that. It was a simple wedding wedding. The photographer fell into the pool. <laughs> going backwards. <laughs> and uh, then, 78, 79, 80, I found, 79, I found money is more important now when you're married. You know, you can't be doing this lovely learning exercise all the time. No? And I was 36 or something. So I told Jeffrey I've got a chance to go to Nigeria. And he supported. He said, come back whenever you want. He never stopped it. So I went to Nigeria for one year. So uh, I returned in one year. Having read, corresponded with Jeffrey, I wish I had kept these letters, handwritten letters on blue airmail note paper. I went straight to Jeffrey and said, uh, Jeffrey, I am now getting offers from other architects. Henry Gardner offered me a directorship. And 100,000 salary at the time will be. So Jeffrey looked at me and said, I'll talk to Pungu. But I think we can't afford that. So why don't you go? Anytime you feel like you come back. So he left the door open. So I went to Mindu, stayed there 16 years, but I kept in touch with Jeffrey socially. Then, after 16 years, I uh, decided to go on my own because the need of high income always occurs to all of us. And I started my practice. 26, I started. Jeffrey also didn't have a desk as such. He used to scribble on his cement desk. Punapal used to come in, put white paint the next day. I mean, the thinking is so quick that there is no time to ask for paper. And Pulogs is also similar. His partner. Lightning, decision making. Jeffrey had told me privately he couldn't have done it with any other engineer. He is so intelligent, so quick. Except. He told a story I'm in London uh, when he was away. He uh, had asked for a call to Pulogs, his partner, and this was getting de- delayed a lot. So he rang back to the receptionist and said, What's going on? Why can't you get me my partner? And the girl had said, No, Mr. Baba, there's a problem on the line, there's a disturbance. So Jeffrey said, What nonsense, that's my partner. So, you know, and if you know Pulogs, he speaks, his mind goes faster than his tongue. So, so he sort of quivers. I had many favorite projects in this sense. All the projects had one thing in mind. Whenever he told me to design something on my own, like any of you, I enjoyed it more than working with him alone or something. So those such buildings were steel tower. So at the earliest, when I was a student, and he had acknowledged me as an assistant with Audrey in the architecture review book. He, uh, of course, his overseeing I was there. 
I have the drawing of that, don't worry. He introduced props, angular props to hold up the huge decks on which people would stand. There were three levels. So safety, he covered. I, we didn't think about such a thing. So, and shaking and so on. The other one was the Expo 70 Pavilion, where I had a lot of freedom. Then CMU headquarters, Ceylon Mercantile Union headquarters in Kolukitia. I did it entirely, and I don't know whether to call it a compliment or not. Jeff visited it at the end of it. Sahabdin Bas did the building, and Jeff went in the auditorium and said, Andra, overwhelmed. So it could be taken either way. Right? <laughs> right? Because it's a brutalistic building. And it's a, it stood the sea. One of my young assistants took me about four months, five months ago to see it. And nothing has happened because I, South is monsoon is terrible. St. Thomas Prep School had been eaten up by corrosion. This had lasted. The other was Nelum Senevariatna's house in Guildford Crescent. A twin house, which is again in my book. He gave me the full freedom to design. First time I, I also did eight foot high doors there. Right now it's fashionable, but I don't do it anymore because the bloody nuisance to put more inches. Right? NIBM headquarters now made terrible looking. It's covered up with cladding. NIBM at Alam uh, 7. Swissair office, small office for Swissair in Bowers building. Now, those are not there now. I had a full opportunity to design light fittings, furniture, cement tables, and so on. Then, Wachtala Convent for the Good Shepherd Nuns. David Robson, a researcher has got that into the one of the later books of Jeffrey, right? The objects, went to the resort graphic signage design. Again, I have illustrated in the book. Lift door for the Bentor Beach Hotel. Myself and other draftsmen, Ashley Gibson and Dara Singham and others, we were in the office before we went to Denmark and we did the drawings. We returned to find the building that was coming up and Jeffrey wanted, got Feroz, Ismat and me into it to get ideas, I think, to brainstorm. And we were full of white, 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 color, color, color. So he had already decided the United Silver ceiling with impact. Then we said, let's have plain color, orange and saffron, spray painted candle gun, gun bags. Uh, on the western ceiling, the floor, I said, let's have white. The painted idea, and it a terrace white. And he gave me to design the nightclub there and the shopping center. He had many working at the same time. Feroz and Ismail did the surrounds. Feroz did the surround design for Bentor Beach for Askamusaji's hotel uh, using Scandinavian Marimeko patterns. Those are the individual buildings I enjoyed doing. The others I learned by working with him. And we have the drawing of the typography for Bentor Beach, which I just yeah, yeah, yeah. With the exit signs and the. I think particularly the main sign, which is in my book. Get a copy of this. Which uh, job has it? No, no, no. No. I wish it had. <laughs> some seven hundred copies. The last count, which the job sends me, some five percent or something. Bigger sum, uh, and it said seven hundred had been sold or something. But uh, it's still available. Large amount of stocks are still there. It it breaks up like Ulrich's book. But uh, the content is there. You get lots of pictures. And I have no copyright in any of my books, by the way. Uh, I'm stubborn on this. Because uh, traditionally, as Kumar Asami has said, this copyright thing never existed in all old society, even in Europe. Now we possess this and try to hold it and hold people to law and so on. I have said that. You can copy anything. Second book. This was taken uh, by the American Embassy, three copies over three different years. And it's in the Library of Congress, and Columbia and Cornell have this. And again, I have said, no copyright. You know, Jeffrey, he could train He was very hesitant to, to encourage anyone to go to litigation. In one instance in my entire life, I learned a bitter lesson. He helped me. It was a minor thing back. It was an overrun of course on a concept design estimate that we gave from another firm when I was working. But I went back to Jeffrey and he said, I don't ever write 
his course like that. <laughs> he told me a lesson, he sent me to know uh, his friend Maurice Pereira to double check and he dictated the letter and answer. He said, don't write anything back. You know, and that lesson stayed with me all my life. Maybe I'm too careful now. It's serious stuff, no? <laughs> Working. You see the same strands coming up in what he says, but I yeah. The same man is what we are talking of, no? Yeah. Same perception. There was no frivolity. He kept time. He would do fun things. We would, uh, Angela Edmund used to walk into office and suddenly say, there's a new place to have ice cream. Down Shall, we go? Shall we go? We, why not? And we all drove into to some car and go there. Suddenly he would look at his watch and say, my, my, I must fly, fly, fly. I don't need to see. And I, that I taught to all my students. And I know from contractors and clients and people, you know, company meetings, very frivolous, don't do that. And my son would become papa, telling you all this, but don't think there's any other way to be a professional person. Other thing, other seriously. But fun is what comes out in conversations. My even Nini's house, I think, David has recounted that when, he, when she asked him to do Devnyanga house, Jeffrey has said, I'm not qualified. Like to go back, get qualified, then come and decide. That's how he did it. Jeffrey understood structures absolutely clearly when he did something. That is why he did plans which are congruent over each other, if it had many flows. And the column positions and toilet positions coincided, otherwise servicing is different, as you know. He didn't talk about it, but he did that. Apparently he had gone through some private tutoring instruction. Thank you. Options for where he says, Yes, he says that. He would sometimes amusingly correct Dr. Kulos in the box. Oh, Kulos, why should it fall? It doesn't fall in all this time. Gallery Cafe, upstairs, there are two thin columns. Now they may have been absorbed into some other partitioning, which is the drawing office. And you were working late, then somebody tapped and said, You really string the column? Can you take all the. So Kulos went on saying, No, it has so many bars, this and that. So Jeff listened and said, What nonsense? But all things they get into when you are drawing so many drawings late in the day they say they don't like that, that they don't like this exasperates and once I came from an exhausting meeting some client when I was not in his office either it was my own office or he was we went straight to a cocktail party at the Taj rooftop of the SLI Institute of Architects and Jeffrey was already there leaning on a pillar waiting to catch somebody he could have a conversation with how are you on right? I terrible Jeffrey. I practiced the giving up. You know, he said something sweet. Even I would go as far as I can go before I give up. Thus leaving me not to decide something. So there are many a time when something happened like that. He soothed me. I miss him that way a lot. When there's a crisis and we all have in different forms, I used to go to would drink arrogant soda or whatever. He would uh, nudge you in a direction. I think he had some clairvoyant gift because there are too many, there are a few instances when I noticed that only a person with clairvoyant can say. We were driving, I was a student then, to Hangala Convent. This uh, one hour journey or 45 minute journey to Hangala on a weekly visit and in his car. He would drive there and he suddenly pointed to a lorry, open body lorry, carrying a huge spool of electrical cables perched on it with a string tied in it. He said, no watch, that's going to fall. And in the next bend, it actually fell and crashed. So, we he'd done that. I, I don't know, I wish I had asked him whether he had. I think he could see far. When you're tall, I said, you can see far. <laughs> and he's a master of uh, the English language, you succinct, you know what it is, the aphorisms and non-secretive, right, and epigrams and all that. He, he come out with that at once. And that's all he would say. You worked out what it meant. 
hitting Jeffrey Moss literature. Being with him. So, Frank, he, he didn't initiate a discussion on anything intellectual. Literature or whatever. But he knew. And if you initiated it, one to one, he would give some amusing answer. But not a long drawn harangue on it. Once when we were despairing of political times, thinking we should go to Australia wherever, because he pulled out a book from his shelf and said, read this. It was uh, Voltaire's Condi. Then another time when I despaired again on something else, deeply conflicting politics. Then he said, read this. Machiavelli's Prince. Right? He had these books in his... And uh, also when I discussed garden making, I used to discuss this as a student, not in depth, but he said once, and I, this is my first lesson in garden making. I was doing Sumitra's first renovation of a bungalow in Guilford Crescent. It was not a big job. When Jeffrey asked me to handle it, with his overseeing eye, on and off. And Sumitra, when it was getting completed, we had to do the garden, small garden in Colombo. And they did go and ask, your, ask Jeffrey what to do about the garden. So I ran to him and he was packing to go. He said, oh, Anura, jungle, jungle, jungle. <laughs> so no, <laughs> right, that's all. But in retrospect, I can see, and I wrote about it, there are a few pages on this garden making. His Dunuganga is actually jungle, 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 except what he didn't say is, but the civilizing hand of man here and there. That made the garden different from just pure jungle. But jungle is the main ingredient. Trees grow how to grow next to each other or die off if they are not fit. So it is that, and then you start the details. You create views. I think it's a very straightforward thing, but the most wonderfully straightforward things are missed by intellectual people who go to, I don't know, Jeffrey was good there. And I asked him what is a good book on gardens to read. He said, Marie-Louise Gothines. There are two volumes, I think. And Making of Gardens by John Sitwell. I have a photocopy of that from his library. And you can see, they are not the MSc cutting at the landscape business. Completely different. It's about sensations, about textures and views and whatnot. And there is no one of that caliber to teach us. That's why I tried to, just as I can, with my little mind, I put down this book has all that with illustrations. And Lucky's drawings show jungle, jungle, jungle. There are a multitude of plants show each other's character and that's politically also very important for our society here. You can stand out without being obtrusive. My niece also drew very well meticulous drawings. I have a picture of that a jungle picture of a forest. Lucky is splendid at doing that. And long before that, English artist, it's, they are not good at recording. His etchings are there in that book. All show the same. Quality of light and shade and openness and closeness, you know, density in gardens. So, can be understood that way. But once you start quoting botanical terms, which is most landscape, is going every. Sometimes you use the common name for it. Or you say, let me have a tree which is like this, which has big this. He would describe the physicality of the tree rather than go into botanical terms. He would discuss art and architecture, but not in the way we are taught in schools of architecture. He would talk about the sensations or a view, a Belvedere which gives a whole view of Rome or a lake or things like that. And these lessons are inherent in Kandalam also, that kind of vision. Art, he didn't care a hoot what others thought. He had his own strong opinions. You know, he held Maiden event of the Power Trust was held at the British Council in 1992. An exhibition of art and sculpture curated by G.B. himself. Right? He selected whom he wanted. He had well known artists who accomplished like Lucky Seminayaka and some others. 
and Raju and so on. But he asked me also to put in something. He asked Nihal Amna Singh to show something. He had such confidence. I mean, I don't flatter myself. I don't consider myself a true artist in that sense. I, I exhibited a, I bought crankshafts and it's again in my book. I won't go into it. You can read it up. And he loved it. He put it there. And Nihal Amna Singh had another sculpture. He's an architect. Consider himself an artist of, of any caliber, but lucky was there in a big way. And some others whose work he picked up from the, I think, street or some young polla guns, fellows with guns, and, and their names they are now well known artists. And Jeffrey had this exhibition and he called it Objects That Enhance Architecture. And uh, so I'm curious, it is not come in any of the books I have objected that he did curate. And I have pictures of it in my book. He also connected with art. When I was a young student of Katubanda, uh, I started painting, you know, it was an urge, you know, like Donald Francis, you are an artist, like a dog is a dog or something, right? <laughs> we all think we are artists and we like to draw outbursts. We must have done that in your early days. Later, we are shy and not done it. So, I painted furiously and I showed it to Jeffrey. He said, Marvelous, let's get an exhibition at Nihal Fernando Studio Times in Fort. And the exhibition Nihal funded and he sponsored. Uh, the opening day, Jeffrey bought a painting for 75 princely rupees at the time. And he says it's ravishing. And he, I don't know, he had it in his house in a, one of those back rooms in the second sitting room, you know, double height. Sitting room next to the dining room. Beautifully beautiful. I must have. I must have. <laughs> the same with the chair. I, again, it may come up or it may have been missed. The black chair, black and white chair. You asked. The history of that is, I was not in his firm then, and we had mastered the need for fiber class for furniture because there were contractors who could do it. I did this in the early eighties for a hotel in Kandy, and it was in white. Opposite of this, white with black border. Later, I decided to change it to this. And Jeffrey, when he saw this, he took a great liking for it because he visited me occasionally for dinner here. And he said, I must have one of each. And that's how it came to be. I gave a gift of those two chairs. And it was modeled not as an absolute pure, pure original, based on the nursing chair. Profile, mm. the geometry. Because Jeffrey also does that. You see, the sitting position for, from the ancient Egyptian times has been set by human body. You know, our body fits in or doesn't fit. And that geometry is inherent in classically used chairs, what you're doing. It was natural from Jeffrey's early exposure and training to take cardboard and work this shape, but do it, give it a modern twist. So that's where our thinking comes in. This didn't exist also as it is. But it also did exist. So this egotistic desire to be original, 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 I don't know why. But Jeffrey never had enough of this. But, um, can we talk about Little Ganga and the role of the garden while, I mean, this is a long story, I can see how, how you would visit it when you were working there after. As I said, he used to take me as a student. On Saturdays or whatever days, he'd say, Why don't you come and see? That's all. And he would take me new Rolls Royce. He used the Rolls Royce frequently at that time, later, went into disuse. And he would drive us through to Bedford. He fitted into the society so well, both brothers, brothers. They never had this other European hang up of putting a wall around, boundary wall, and massive gates, which impose and become a front. Have you noticed? that his gate is most of the time is ajar. Even if it closes, it's not that long. And there are those false uh, security guard posts which are fun for him to have design. And deer sedel and you know, ferns growing. And he blends transition between man-made utter beauty inside is not disclosed as an affront to the villagers. I think he he did this knowledgeably. He never, I never asked him this, but when I had to do a study for some students, I began to realize this man knew how to live in a village. 
and he would speak Sinhalese to them and they were amused and in the car Miguel would say in the evening, in the morning cities in the frontiers and so on. And he experimented in his garden of all the ideas that he wanted to do for a client. He would have done a sample building, glass wall building, where you drive under at the, in the gravel yard. I think it was an experiment for to be modern using glass. He tried it out. There is a lovely room, I stayed there. It is very difficult to have lots of glass in Sri Lanka for a daily. You know, that's a private estate. And now today when I see these huge glass buildings looking very glossy and beautiful in magazines, I don't think they're really livable. I did an experiment myself for my son's studio with all glass because it all want to be modern. And it's a dead failure in terms of heat. But I solved it ultimately using all the modern gimmicks and I grew plants over the roof to cool it and it cooled. Then the rats came and the lenas, you know, Lucky has said that in beautiful. Sometimes it's difficult to live in that place. He would sit out on the terrace, gin and tonic and so on, and he would point to something and say, Arnold, that branch, if it's not there, we would see a little more that way. Things like that, but not a not anything yeah, else. Yeah, again, you were saying exactly what I said to you. And pointing with the reasoning. So, we stopped at the point when we talked about your horrible animation. It was an ideal project for me. Apart from Enas, this is a bigger scale, no large garden. There's the forest of horror trees. You know, it's a priceless location. And old stables which you play with huge volumes. So, spatially, I find in one property, all the lessons are embedded there. It's a matter of how you read it. It's not a, just a catalogue of dates and things. It's really how it's lived in and who it is he did it for. He knew she would live well in there. And he delighted in doing it with the boss and you. And I think there are no assistants, no? Probably Philip So it was a one-to-one intimate affair. And was that pavilion model. He did a new pavilion across the lawn which is beautifully picturesque as well as useful if you want to use it. How to deal with the large property. Hotel designers could have a lot from it, you know. There, there are private areas, there are semi-private areas and the lawn, sweeps of lawns going in suddenly changes level. Down below far away the old stables or something, you know. Uh, so there's a storerooms, long linear thing which you hardly see. The change of level, it just steps, steps, steps. I mean, I was inspired, I think it struck me, when I was doing T.L.P. Reserves, a small garden. Ah. And I just could not resist doing steps, no handrail, just a gesture of steps. So Jeffrey before he confined, he had studied everything he wanted uh, deeply. Favourite recollection was the early times when Jeffrey Ulrich and other fun-loving assistants worked together intensely in architecture. We would work late into the night and uh, in good group friends and admirers of Jeffrey like Kurubuno Adana and Charles Abhisekara of ours they used to walk through and some give us problems to solve. Kuru uh, used to give us how to do, let's do an A-frame. Now Lucky was next to me. We were drafting uh, the drawing tables. Late. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and Ulrich, being a very generous man, he used to get Gregory, his manservant, to bring in sandwiches and the coffee and so on. So it was food, drink. I remember from Nigeria, I used to write to him, Jeffrey, what was a lovely era, can't we get back to you? You know, and Jeffrey did then estrange from the Ulrich's association. So, so he said, yes, it would be fun, but he wore it after. So, that was a highly memorable thing. What surprised me was really his generosity over the years. At crucial times in my life, he came to the rescue and asked. He saw that there was a need and he fulfilled it for me. He treated me like I suppose a kind of protege at that time. I benefited a lot. I was secure because I knew this giant of a man. When things go right, I know what he said was right. Guidance, so many issues. If the client had a lot of rapport and he respected the client, which he did with her, 
in a person other person he was out in search of uh, becoming an iconic architect or anything today most of the famous people are trying to do buildings or see that buildings to lean so egotistic buildings consuming a lot of material in this uh, output of human beings at prasha just imagine and unrelated and this uh, thing we are loving now on the coastline jeffrey would be aghast jeffrey also told me something else i was at vimukita ratnas we were designing redesigning golf face green for jaya jawan was the president thing it was a competition and i showed it to him what i was going to do jeffrey said only one thing anura don't ever lose the horizon don't put trees and in whatever they can see kade karamandis and to what i think is more than half of the horizon as you come near to golf face is now covered by the future city yeah in the port city yeah. Yeah. so jeffrey and he said the example went to the beach all kept below tree line and it's true for a long time now this project lose the whole thing we have no way of recovering you know look at the buildings right on the beach there is uh, so said why i don't know why we are not learning lesson from this man you know there are books as a country kandelama in the other extreme modernity but i suspect and i was not there with the done except when it's finished he showed me around the whole place even on the check nature pictures of that he actually about the morning i was coming with my family Jeff is a full-time occupation. I was bringing my son and my wife to enjoy a weekend. I didn't want to go while they were building because they had nothing to see till it's yeah, finished. Yeah. I know the process. So, Jeff, some of the cast parts, Bill Roy or Jeffrey's, I think, the double cap, and I could see Jeffrey in it. And uh, I told him, "Let's go now. Probably trouble." And we went to hotel Jeffrey Nature. And stayed the man. Showed me the place. He took me. He had dinner with the Kolnars and Kendra, Amila. There's a picture of them. My poor wife had to eat alone with my son elsewhere. And I found Jeffrey had turned around a very, very complicated problem. And there's something very important I want to say about. I have seen a Atkinson's calendar, pocket calendar, printed of some year then, which had a roof on. traditional atavara roof but modern lines i don't know whether it was initially designed with a roof and then jeffrey realized immediately he doesn't take time that would be a bigger disaster because in that jungle to see the roofs 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 in rain he would have reverted to this is only a surmise i'm making reverted to flat roofs then he had another problem which i discovered indirectly he came to dinner later on and uh, during that construction period it had come up he pointed his stick this boundary wall of the hospital and me was uh, uh, just a barbed wire fence full of builders and there was premadasan sign board shelter for all by 2000 in neon white blue and yellow he pointed his stick at the thing the lights twinkling through that and i don't you think those lights look beautiful through the bushes No, at that instant I didn't realize this. But a few days later, I realized, my God, this man is struggling not to solve the problem. Google Kandalam Hotel today, yeah. which I did. Yeah. Look at the photographs yeah. there. Yeah. What you are describing, Kandalam has become all oh. the thick growth and the lights inside. Today I was looking at it. So see pictures of Kandalam. Another lesson. He didn't tell me this. He just pointed to something. And he overcame, and how he overcame? Few people I teach this, but they don't. Te- nobody else teaches this. He did an exoskeleton to this building to put green. He didn't put it on the window facade or the balcony edge. He extended that thing about five feet more, and did the additional column system with all sorts of debris that he found as pergolas to let this building as grow. And today, modern architects are struggling with high-tech methods of putting a building green, and I have shown this in my book again as a lesson to learn from him. We and it's a durable solution. You can grow anything on it, 
and Jeffrey has punked everything and the man didn't say anything. So we can make all of three. It can be a standard method almost to de- to adorn and cool and ventilate a building. Perfume plant. I mean, it's endless. That he had the key. He unlocked the problem. So I think this is very important in Kandavan. Of course, he did some things which nothing no one will accept after that. There are animals which come and all. They didn't say the reptiles will come. But he didn't care. He himself was terrified. When a, when a Katusa came or Kabaruga came into the ERB office, he screamed and shouted to Gunaparthi to take him away. So, he had no hangouts, you know, he was straightforward, wonderful. We would like to thank the trustees of the Jeffrey Bauer Trust and our generous patrons and sponsors for the Bauer 100 program. Dave Nelson and Ike produced this episode. This podcast is copyright to the Jeffrey Bauer Trust. All rights reserved. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at archive at jimmytrust.net. We would love to hear from you. To find more resources on Jeffrey Bauer, attend our events or volunteer, you can visit our website or follow us on social media. Please hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember to leave us a review because this helps people find us more. Until next time, take care.